Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison, and this is a podcast offering inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started RecoverYourSoul.net after having profound positive changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast, as well as offering personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform. Just the desire to do the work and make the changes in our lives. I'm on the path to becoming an ordained minister as I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover our souls. I am here today with Aaron, and he is a friend of mine from way, way, way back, from 1987, actually. And I had this intuition, this guidance to call him and ask him if he would be a guest on my podcast, because part of my journey in my realization of my alcoholism is that I surrounded myself with people who partied like I did but I didn't even know it from a very early age. And so Aaron was my boyfriend. I lived in Germany and he was a GI in the army. And we met for the first time um, in the dance bar in Germany and, um, and went out for, I don't know. What do you think, Aaron, a six, six months or so? I think it was closer. I I, I think it was close to a year. A long time, it, it, a long it, time. And it, we it was pretty close to a year. But I, I, you know, that's at least that's my memory. I know it was at least a good six months, but it, I, it's I think it was closer to a year because you left in the middle of 88, right? 87. Oh, so you- I graduated at 87. And I remember driving away right, right after graduation right. with uh, you in a car with a bottle in your hand, waving goodbye. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's what I remember. Yeah, that's but right. we had we I had was, I was probably crying in my beer. <laughs> <laughs> we had the best time, and um, and we we went and danced a lot, and we hung out a lot, and um, and I when I got sober the first time, I really wanted to know how Aaron was doing. And so I remember reaching out and finding him as you do in Facebook, you look somebody up, you see who you think it might be, you send him a message and you say, are you who I think you are? And he uh, messaged back that it was and we talked and I had found out that he had been in recovery for a long time. And that um, I was the one that was slow to the take. 
in getting to it. So I really, Aaron now lives, um, I'm going to say the wrong state. Where do you live? Southeastern Ohio. Ohio, and um, has worked with other military people through the VA in helping them in their recovery. And I really wanted to hear his voice and the gifts that he has to offer for our listeners in terms of recovering our soul. And for us, that's alcoholism. And for somebody else, it may be some other addiction. For somebody else, it may not be an addiction. It may be a part of them that is missing um, their soul and is, is lost. So I wanted to bring on Aaron. So Aaron, tell us a little bit about sort of where it started for you. And um, for me, it started in the nineties. Uh, when I got out of the army, I, I had, I had two problems, alcoholism and undiagnosed mental illness. And when you put those two together, it's kind of a, a double whammy, you know? And for me, I would say you would remember, I was always really high energy, high strung. So my bipolar wasn't the depression. It was the mania and alcohol allowed me to feel normal. And then when you do that for so long, it, uh, it becomes maintenance. (laughs) And, uh, so working on the road as a, uh, surveyor for a construction company, living in and out of hotels, bars, uh, making good money. And I was making very poor decisions. And uh, it got to the point where I was uh, in an apartment with just a mattress and a few groceries. And I would figure out a way to scrape up enough to go get a cheap 30 pack. And uh, that was that was the end of it. You know, I was like, Man, if this is as good as it gets, it's not good enough. And there was an old lady that lived across from me, and I went over to her, and she was really nice. And I told her, I said, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. She goes, well, let's find you some help. <laughs> and uh, she helped me call a uh, recovery service in Athens, Ohio, and they hooked me up with the VA. And that was the beginning of my recovery. Um that's incredible. Yeah. Now, I wish I could sit here and say that it took the first time, the second time or the third time, <laughs> but it did not. And uh, that was uh, that was on me. I uh, thought I knew better. I was headstrong. I could do this. I could do that. And I, I could not. And so I, I finally got to the point where I had to go to a homeless shelter because my parents would not. Uh, house me or accept my behavior anymore. And that was very humbling coming from, you know, a really nice family and always being very comfortable. And so it really kind of woke me up. And that was the beginning of where uh, I was willing to do what was necessary to stay sober, change my behavior and uh, find a relationship with God and my family again. Wow. So what you said a little bit before we before we started our podcast was that was the finding that higher power piece. Did you have that um, prior to I know that you were raised in a religious family. We, We were raised Methodist, but my mother's family was Baptist and I was more drawn to the Baptist. Um, I, I guess that's because my great grandma and great grandpa 
were just such amazing, kind, humble, just just amazing people. And you could just feel the love radiate from them and the just this energy. And so I was more drawn to that, but I was never really uh and still to this day don't really go to church. Uh there was a saying I heard years ago that I really liked. It said, split a, split a piece of wood, I am there, pick up a stone and you will find me. And to me, that means I can access my higher power, who I call God. And when I mm-hmm. talk to him, I just call him father, like I'm having a conversation with my father. But I can access God anywhere, anytime of day, doesn't matter. I don't have to be in a house of worship. And that's how I prefer my spirituality to to be. I I love that because I think that for me, finding my higher power was essential that it was my own, that I exactly. got to determine what that was and what that felt like for me um, based on my upbringing and my adversity towards religion and Christianity right. and God. And so being able to determine what that is for you I think is what allows you to have that connection. Yeah, and a lot of times uh, the spiritual part can really be the part that can hold you back. And this is the part where it also brings in being able to forgive yourself because in, in the beginning of, uh, of my uh, process of sobriety, I didn't believe that I was worthy of forgiveness. I had done things that I was so very, very ashamed of. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I hate to admit it, but I stole from my mom and dad, you know, and how do you forgive yourself for that? For two people that love you so much and would do anything in the world for you that you would betray them in that way, you know, and then right. just risky situations. And the lower you go, the more comfortable you come with people that you typically wouldn't hang out with. And mm-hmm. There's just that big hole in the pit of your soul. And uh, you just you just don't think you're. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you're, you Worthy. Yeah, you're you can't be forgiven. And I had I had to get past that. And. I believe, like with anything that you want to become good at or better at that practice makes perfect. And in the beginning, my my prayers uh, were were very small and very narrow in scope. And uh, mm-hmm. but as I kept continued and continued and continued, you know, over a year, two years, three years, you know, I was really finally uh, able to believe that I was worthy of that forgiveness. And I did things. I did things differently so that I didn't have to constantly feel regret. I wasn't telling lies. I wasn't doing the same behaviors. Uh, I was making amends, you know, and I didn't say, look at me, look at me, how I'm doing, you know, like we, I did in early recovery. You should see what I'm doing. And I, I finally just learned to shut up and, and keep doing the, the very best that I can you know, and, uh, it helped, you know, and, and it didn't take long for, you know, my family, the people that I love the most, my daughter to see those changes, you know, 
And I'm just, I'm just so grateful. Uh, I don't have that sick feeling in my heart anymore. Uh, I so you, you mentioned, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, you mentioned a ritual that yeah. your uh, sponsor had done with you. It yeah, was really powerful. Yeah. He was also who I did my clinicals with to eventually work at the VA. And he was a giant of a man. His name was John Gilmore. God rest his soul. But uh, John Gilmore had me uh, write what he called a Pragothian letter, which is a letter to yourself. And in this letter, I, I talked about the things that I was so ashamed of and that I really wanted to let go of and things that I wanted to be able to do. And then we dug a hole with the spade. He brought a spade. I really didn't know all that was going on besides the letter. And uh, we burnt that letter. I read the letter out loud so he could hear it, you know, basically, basically mm-hmm. a fourth step. And uh, then we burnt that letter and we, buried it in that hole. And he said, that is now your past. It has nothing Mm. to do with your future. You know, your future is yours to do with what you wish. Choose wisely. And it really freed me up. And that was, that was really the the very beginning where I gave myself permission to love myself and allow others to love me and not hold them at arm's Mm -hmm. length. So tell me more about that. Tell me more about that continued process of learning to love yourself and others. The, the biggest thing for me, besides my uh, morning and nightly prayers, is uh, still trying to be of service to others. Uh, mm-hmm. I still have some clients that uh, I talk to at the VA and that I uh, formed a relationship with. And that we still stay in touch if they ever have questions or they just want to talk. Because uh, I think 90% of counseling is just listening and then holding up a mirror. You know, I don't I don't really have to say anything, you know. So so that helps. That helps a lot. Uh, being a good father, son and brother, <laughs> you know, and grandson is very, very important. And uh I do not stay idle, even though I'm retired. I, I do stuff to keep me busy, you know, and I've enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, doing wood carving, shooting pool, target shooting, hunting airheads in my creek behind my, my cabin. Uh, I just I just do stuff that fills my soul. I try not to uh, allow anything to creep in there that uh, changes that feeling of peace that I have 90% of the time, you know, life happens and everybody gets a little bit blue, but it's not, uh, it's not the same when I was, you know, drinking and doing things that, you know, that would be my great excuse, you know, Oh, poor me. Uh, I don't have those, those days anymore. I mean, I get blue, but it doesn't take me, uh, back to the places where I used to go. And that's, and that's right. because I do similar things every day. I make sure I call my family every day, talk to my grandma, keep in contact with my daughter and just try to be uh, a good person. And uh, 
the last thing that I always ask in my prayer is for uh, God to help me understand his will for me and the power to carry that out. And then I just act accordingly and just do the next right thing. I love that. And I, and I, and I had feel that when we do that, when we take our ego out and we say, you know, how can we be of service to others and how can we get our, our brains out of being self-willed? Uh, the answers always come, yeah. you know, and the peace yeah. always ego comes. Is a horrible can be a horrible thing. And so could pride. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn to right. realize too that feelings are not always facts. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. Yes. And then you had also mentioned um, prior to our starting the podcast, just that whole piece of like really giving yourself grace, you know, that we 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 tend to get caught up in beating ourselves up and, and holding on to right. those aspects of ourselves. So tell me yeah, more about lot, and how a lot that, of that goes starts for you. With, with uh, self negative self-talk, you know, and mm. if, if you engage, if I engage And that negative self-talk, like being retired right now, you know, I could be doing more. Uh, I should still be working at the VA. Uh, I could feel sorry for myself because of my my migraines or my meniers, but I don't allow that to happen. Uh, it, It is what it is. And I still have a great life. And I guess the biggest part of that is, is, is a, gratitude and i and i know this is a cliche cliche and everybody says it that uh, gratitude is an action word but it's that's that's the truth you know um mm-hmm. i'm grateful for every little thing i have great and small you know from looking at my fireplace in the morning with my coffee and kind of just staring off and clearing my mind to my dog or my cat knocking everything off my table. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I just, and I do not, I do my best to not participate in drama, you know, and that's, that's a big thing too. Uh, Drama, man, I, I, I I stay away from it. If I see that negativity somewhere, I I cut that out of my life. Like it's a cancer. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend time, you know, feeling uh, upset about somebody's behavior or how they're treating me. I just, I just separate myself from that situation. They can think however they want to think. I I know who I am today and I'm perfectly fine with that with all my imperfections because I am far from perfect, but I feel good every day. I feel good every day. And it's absolutely because of my higher power and the people that I do choose to share my time with and the love of my family. And Mm. I couldn't ask for anything more, no greater gift. That's incredible. I love, I love that you talked about control. You know, that drama is really us thinking that we might have control of something or somebody else and to release that. The, the freedom that I feel of, of realizing that I don't have to be involved in everybody else's drama exactly. has been um, enlightening to say the least. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, I, 
Do you have any other wisdom to impart with us, Aaron? Be yourself. Be okay with who you are. We are each uniquely different, and we should embrace our weirdness or whatever it is to the fullest and be okay with it because it's none of our business what anybody else thinks about us. I love that. What's an what an incredible end. And what I what I find so incredible and like fascinating is that all these years later, you know, all these years later to to be in touch again yeah. and to have similar stories that are so different, right. so different, but in the end to come to a place of peace and connection Absolutely. with our own with our own definition of what spirit yeah. is and to have gratitude and um, a real happiness in life that comes from the work that we both have done, I think is a journey that I don't think we could have seen, you know, when Absolutely, we were. Absolutely, Rachel. I never would have believed that. 17 and I 21 can, years old. I could old, be yeah. here when I was 20 years old. You know what I mean? Uh, life is good. It is good. It is good. Thank you so Thank much you so for much. being on with me uh, today. Very much love to you and your family. And it's so good to Thank connect you. with you again, Rachel. You have a great day, my friend. All right. Namaste. Till next time. Good day. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website, recoveryoursoul.net, where you can find out more about Rachel, book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive updates. We hope that you will follow us on Instagram and Facebook and become part of our transformation community. If you'd like to support the production of this podcast, we'd love for you to visit the website and donate on the homepage. Thank you. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.